Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Wrap, brought to you by Michigan Medicine Headlines. I'm Dan Elman with the Department of Communication. This week's episode is our gift to you as we discuss Gifts of Art and the important work its team is doing at Michigan Medicine during COVID-19. Before we get into that, take some time to unwrap any previous episodes of The Wrap you may have missed. Episodes can be found on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcast hosting platform. New shows debut each week and can always be found as part of the headlines we can review. All right, with that out of the way, let's bring in Elaine Sims, the director of Gifts of Art, a program that brings art, music, and more to patients and staff at Michigan Medicine. Elaine, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I am a big fan of the rap. <laughs> well, that's great to hear. We hope there's lots of those out there. Now, in headlines this week, we learned about a bedside music program that is bringing virtual concerts to COVID-19 and other critically ill patients. Can you give some background about how that program was brought to Michigan Medicine? Well, it was brought to us kind of um, the way many great things happen, just by chance. All the stars aligned and um, it just fell into our laps. It, we got a call or I got a call from the radiology department and the daughter of a former chair of radiology turns out to be a faculty member at Juilliard. She grew up in Ann Arbor. She knows the hospital and she was part of a program called Program Music Heals Us, providing music for the last six years to mainly um, underserved populations, shelters, homeless, prisons, hospice, some hospital work. And when COVID hit, they started doing things virtually by Zoom, and they happened to have been written up in the New York Times. So I had seen about them, and then all of a sudden I got the call, you know, <laughs> there's two stars together. And um, we went from there, and her student was one of the ones that has been performing for us. I reached out to nursing, and uh, nursing, found us Jen Siv, who I think you interviewed last week. Mm -hmm. And Jen has been fantastic in being the interface between the Project Music Heals Us and the patient, because Gifts of Art staff have all been uh, outside of the hospital since COVID hit. We're not bedside anymore. Yeah, I know that we're really limiting the number of people who go into patient rooms, and that's for the safety of everyone, right? Right, right. We're hoping that will change at some point soon, but we don't know when. Right, of course. Um, now, one of the great things that, that really interested me in this week's story is talking about really the physical, not just the mental and emotional impact that music can have on the healing process, but there's also a physical you know, benefit to music. Can you talk a little bit about really all three of those aspects and what music brings to the bedside? Well, you know, music is kind of hardwired into us as humans. The first sounds we have are of the mother's heartbeat, of the whoosh of blood. And I, I believe, and I know that there are anthropologists who have theories about this, that that provides those sounds, the images we see that harken back to our childhood and to our village or to our tribe, whatever it is, are signs of safety and security. And sounds provide that and music and art are based on all those kinds of primal images and sounds. 
So there is that built-in comfort level and security that music provides. And there's a lot of research being done all over the country. I know Harvard has a big brain and music institute. There are others around the country, I think Johns Hopkins, maybe Toronto, um, where they're studying this. What is the human response to music? And there's still a lot that's unknown, but when they put people under an imaging machine, like an MRI, and they either have them play music or listen to music, it's not just the emotions that light up in the brain. Um, and it's not just language, and it's not just movement. It's almost universal through the brain that music stimulates all these parts that control what we do as humans. So it is really, um, you know, an essential part of our connection to the world and our, as, as a, you know, a response, our well-being and our, you know, path through life. Yeah. And I think that actually leads perfectly into my next question, your talk about well-being in that these concerts and music in general aren't just beneficial to the patients, but to their caregivers as well, right? The doctors and the nurses who are in the rooms at the bedside. I know Jennifer at one point talked about, you know, some of these nurses, they're in full PPE all day. And then all they're hearing is, you know, the beeps of medical equipment. And it can be really isolating. And when you watch these concerts and sort of have the outside world come in, it really does make an impact to them too. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, you know, so before COVID, pre-COVID, the world that existed <laughs> five <laughs> months ago or whatever, for about 20 years, we had been providing live music at the bedside. And over the years, we've heard um, over and over again from staff how much it means to them just hearing it come out of a patient room. It's not only what it provides in helping them work with their patients because it helps calm, agitated patients, it helps with pain management, stress relief, you know, boredom, all kinds of things. Uh, also end of life. I mean, that's one of the kind of sacred things that we do or we feel that way about it. Um, so that we've gotten that feedback all the time, but guess what? Just when I knew this interview was coming up, I got an email and if I can, I'll read it because it's from a, a clinician on the floor and it just, so one of the things we do besides providing music at the bedside and you know, we do concerts, every now and then there's a patient that um, plays the piano and it means a lot to them. They could be a professional musician as in this case they are. Um, or they could be someone that's, you know, piano teacher or piano has just meant a lot to them. They find out we have a piano and they have to get to it. And mm -hmm. we, you know, nothing's easy in the hospital and it's certainly a lot less easy since COVID, but we made it happen. And, and we've made it happen this past week, apparently, on several um, instances. And I could read you very quickly. It's just a paragraph that got sent to me. And um, so this is from a staff member on the unit. I believe it is accurate to say our recent experience with the patient's use of the Taubin piano resulted in a much improved relationship with his caregiving staff. The patient had been with us many weeks. Um, the hospitals allowing him to use the piano was proof that we were on his side and he gained solace and confidence in improving motor skills as his treatment progressed. He was much happier when he had the opportunity to play Staff could also see him from a different perspective as we saw him as both an artist and a patient. We were also able to assess critical areas such as memory and motor skills as he played. Using the piano was a new experience for most of us, but we often turned to bedside musicians to calm, distract, and entertain agitated patients. We also use it to arouse patients with flat affect. 
On very hectic, stressful days, staff benefit from bedside musicians playing music in the hallways and our M learning module on alternatives to using restraints, music is listed as a way to decrease agitation that could otherwise lead to unsafe behaviors. Music is a valuable and effective tool in our toolbox. So I think that addressed it from both the patient's perspective and the staff, both in helping them to work with the patient, but also in what it gives them. Yeah. You know, another aspect, although it's not on the units, but the Life Sciences Orchestra has always been a way that staff, uh, researchers, clinicians, um, nurses, you know, any staff member can, you know, have a creative outlet and play together with like-minded people who, it means a lot to them to be playing with their colleagues and their teams. Yeah, it brings another aspect to their lives, right, into this, and, and it allows people to see them more than just a coworker. They could just be a peer who have similar interests and, and things that, that really keep their attention outside of work. Yeah, yeah, we've had many requests. Can we have a choir? Can we have a this? Can we? And I'd love to provide it all. So maybe with COVID, after this, you know, we'll be able to do all that, right? That's right. That's right. So what other sorts of programs has Gifts of Art been carrying out during COVID? Well, everything has been challenging. So as I mentioned, the Project Music Heals Us came just at a time when we were experimenting with Zoom and with trying to reach patients virtually. And we're still trying to do that. So our own musicians are, um, you know, not as advanced in uh, reaching our patients. Part of it is awareness that this is possible and also iPads or patients own devices. So that's another big issue. At the, I've been working with nursing and nursing informatics and HIPS. I have a shout out to all of them, uh, Carlene and Nate and Charlie and Carrie on my uh, Gifts of Art team. We are trying to have iPads programmed with like a core image like we have for staff, but patient facing. Unfortunately, we only have two iPads per unit and we're just kind of getting the bugs out, getting the you know imaging on it and getting the awareness that this is possible and available for patients. So that's one thing we've been doing. We've continued with art. We actually designed and printed, I'm very proud during COVID, a new coloring book a new version of our kaleidoscope coloring book. We've still been making and getting art kits to patients. We can't visit with them in their rooms, but we can get them the art kits, the coloring books. We can have Zoom visits with them on how to put the kits together if they wish. We're experimenting with making videos on how to do art projects, with videos on or having live group making sessions and units, experimenting to see if that works. Lots of experimentation. And I, I should mention also that about every other week I'm on a call, a Zoom call, of course, with colleagues around the country who are faced with exactly the same things. And we're all sharing with each other on what's been working for us, what's challenging for us, and, um, and learning from each other's successes. And so that's been very helpful. Yeah, I think you may have already answered this, but you know, I, I was trying to, to look forward to you know, not necessarily the months ahead, because I think it's going to be very similar to what we've experienced for the last half a year or so, but maybe in the years ahead, are there really any exciting changes to gifts of art that you're looking forward to? Well, it's funny you should ask that because minutes before COVID hit, we actually started to do, and we had a, a couple consultants that helped us with this. We started doing a, a futuring project where we were looking at 10 years ahead 
what did we want gifts of art to look and feel like and services provide in the decade ahead? We were ready for change. We knew change was coming. Uh, one of the things we were looking at quite by coincidence is technology and advancing how we can deliver our services. Little did we know that we become in the short run uh, very critical to us, but um, some of the programs that, for example, we don't do as much as we could with staff. And we know that staff are in desperate need of the same kinds of creative outlets and stress relievers as our patients are, especially now. So staff was a focus we felt needed, you know, to really be enhanced. Um, I've always wanted to get movement at the bedside, and that's been a goal of mine. I've also wanted docent visits and museum of all kinds, science museums, art museums, um, nature preserves, and have a guide take a patient through that. Of course, we were thinking of a live person in the room and then using technology to reach all these different areas of possibilities. Um, one other area that we've been working with is rewrite the script and how the arts can be used for pain management, especially in this area, uh, era of opioid addiction. It's very critical and there's a lot I believe the arts could do for that. So, you know, being more of a support to other initiatives within the health system, we've seldom had the opportunity to reach out to our clinics to, you know, many times what happens in the hospital with a patient is very transformative. They may be exposed to art or music for the first time. And my theory has always been this, that when you're suddenly in the hospital, the rest, as you know, the rest of your life is just stripped away. Mm -hmm. You're suddenly, you know, suddenly everything's new and anything you were is gone, you know, temporarily. Um, and you're alone and you're very much alone in this new world and you're very vulnerable. And as I said, the arts are very primal. They have kind of receptors on what's a clue to safety, security, times that you were with family and provided shelter and protection for you. So they very often are transformative and people want to continue that relationship. They want to continue that feeling, that exploration, that new experience and you know, the opening into a new, new window for them in their life. And then they leave the hospital, what happens? So continuing that relationship, continuing opportunities for our outpatients or making connections or somehow, um, I know a few hospitals have experimented. I know Henry Ford was talking about this with an art center, a community art center. We've partnered with museums. We've partnered with um, botanical gardens, arboretums, but there's a lot of opportunity to do much, much more. And there's one other thing that it's really more short-term than long-term, but it's all tied together with technology. And I think this is the future. In the short run, getting our services to patients is very challenging with two iPads per unit. And I have been finding that some hospital systems have an iPad at every patient bed. UCLA system, I think Kaiser in California, Shands in University of Florida in their new patient tower. And I'm hoping that we could pilot this on one unit to start with. And of course, my goal is to get it to every patient unit with access then at their fingertips to call up a musician to come visit when we can be there in person or to call up a Zoom session or to listen to recorded music or to visit a museum 
or to do anything that's a positive distraction and makes them feel better for a short time. So that's a short-term goal, but it's gonna to lead to a long-term technology goal as well. So start small, think big. Well, I look forward to hearing more about that when, when they come to pass and I know that they will. Um, so thank you so much, Elaine, for sharing all this incredible information and for leading this program that improves the lives of so many at Michigan Medicine. If you wanna learn more about the Bedside Music Program during COVID-19, go to mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org. And while you're there, check out other important stories from this past week. For instance, employees were reminded of the organization's mask policy designed to keep you and your colleagues as safe as possible, and faculty and staff were recognized for making a difference last month. Find all that and much more at mmheadlines.org. All right, it's time for the weekly trivia contest. Last week, we asked listeners, how many beds make up the surgical intensive care unit? The answer is 20. Congratulations to phlebotomist Chris Distelrath, who sent in the correct answer. Chris, a member of the Department of Communication, will be in touch to help you claim your prize. Now for this week's question. Gifts of Art has presented bedside music at Michigan Medicine for how many years? Once again, Gifts of Art has presented bedside music at Michigan Medicine for how many years? You can find the answer as part of this week's headline story, and once you know it, Send it to headlines at med.umich.edu for the chance to win a prize. That's all we have for today. Elaine, thank you so much for joining us. And thanks to all of our listeners and viewers for everything you do for patients, families, and each other. We'll see you next week.